0: Greetings and welcome back. It has been a very fun weekend here in Topeka, Kansas, and our very first in-person live show of historical light right here at the Grand Lodge Annual Communications. First time ever. Got a live audience with us and uh, quite a chat with a great guest on the show evening. And the first time ever, me and Robert Marshall have done a program in person together. So really looking forward to the show that we have for you gentlemen this evening. Definitely stick with us and uh see how this goes right after this on historical light.
1: Welcome back to the historical light masonic podcast, dedicated to illuminate our past and bring our Masonic history to light since 2016. Enjoy the show.
0: Welcome back to Historical Light. My name is Alex Powers, host and founder. We have with us some special guests this evening, and I want to go through and allow some proper introductions. Co-host, Brother Robert Marshall, if you'll uh, properly introduce yourself to our crowd, my brother.
2: Sure. Uh, Hello, everybody. Uh, Robert Marshall here, and uh, very happy to be back at the Kansas Grand Lodge session. It is always a fun time. And uh, the guys here are always very hospitable. There is a lot of talk of Southern hospitality, but I can tell you coming from the South, Kansas does it better than they do.
0: Ooh, interesting. And for the first time ever on Historical Lights, we have a past Grandmaster, Brother Darren Kellerman. My brother, thank you so much here uh, for being here with us this evening and uh, taking time apart from the festivities down the hall. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, give a more formal introduction of yourself to our to our guests this evening Well, certainly
1: thank you my name is darren kellerman i'm a third degree master mason there you have it
0: that's it all right most worshipful darren kellerman has a scrollable list but one of the things that i've always uh, admired about him and loved about him is uh you'll see him even today introduced to the annual communication of kansas here as you know our our honored past grandmaster he walks in in a plain white apron and his official name tag that reads Darren Kellerman, 3rd Degree Master Mason. That's how we roll. Pretty fantastic. So we have a great episode for you this evening. Uh, we're going to go through some really cool stuff about... Did he tell you the topic for tonight's show? Just mm-hmm. didn't You? Know? you, oh. you know? oh. Yeah. No. Okay. You don't need to know. It's a secret. We're going to throw you <laughs> on. You, you didn't know. hear the bus coming? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Being in the green room, I didn't... Nothing. So. <laughs> but before we get into the uh, meat of this evening's show, I do want to give you all a chance to... Join the team and be a part of Historical Light. And you can do that by supporting the show on Patreon. Historical Light is viewer supported. So you can uh, help us continue our mission. We've been going strong since 2016, bringing you Masonic historical content. And we want to keep doing that and grow and get bigger and better and keep doing the thing, right? So go to historicalitecom support. And you'll find our information that you can join us on Patreon and you'll get perks for the membership levels you join. You can get special lapel pins and so forth. So we hope that you'll join us there as well. We also want to uh, inform you about Masonicon, Kansas. And those of you who watched the last few episodes have, have heard this, but we are bringing the Masonicon franchise to Kansas, which is pretty spectacular. It's going to be August 27th this year in the Kansas City area, actually in Prairie Village, Kansas, just on the Kansas side. Uh, and we have an amazing lineup of speakers. Visit MasoniconKansas.com and you can see all of our speakers. Most of their bios have been released with more to be released each month, and topics are going to be released very soon as well. We have several ticket options on there. The Founders Club will get you the whole day pass, plus the uh, exclusive festive board that evening. And there is not very many of those tickets left, so if you want to enjoy all that, definitely get on there today MasoniconKansas.com, and we'd love to see you right here in Kansas City it'll also be an opportunity to see both Robert and I in person both the hosts of historical life once again with that brothers let's talk. I'm gonna be there too oh man okay I
1: well, said
2: this episode was about him and then you forgot he existed 30 seconds later he also
1: forgets I'm a patreon
2: subscriber <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> that's no.
1: very
0: true that is very true and you, you can could be, be too like you could him join me you can as be a like patreon subscriber
2: we can forget you <laughs> if you will just become a Patreon we subscriber. We can forget
1: all about you. You get the microphone. I don't know how this works.
2: So I just want
0: to point out how awkward this is. I do. You know, you made the joke before this about let's let's turn into Joe Rogan. And I kind of feel like that at this moment um, because usually I'm in my house in my own little studio and everyone else is remote. And this is just a whole different atmosphere, but it's pretty cool. But Why i have you tried
2: about. DMT, bro? Have you tried it? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, Live
0: we'll, is so much fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll get P.D. Newman on here. We'll talk about the third degree and how that all ties in, right? Yes, we yeah, could. That's right. All right, so let's see. Let, let's get into the topic here about, I think, the history behind Kansas annual session. Because, oh. Brother Kelman, you've had... Uh, pretty awesome. Experience. I, I don't want to talk about that. Okay. I want to go talk ahead. about what happened today here in Kansas. Okay. Well, I was going to work to that. I, 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 I don't, don't care.
1: This focus. is what, this is what the news is from here in Kansas. That's true. This was the 166th annual communication for Kansas. You know, every Grand Lodge has that and every Grand Master does their thing, but, and then they, they close the session, they go out and it's great accolades. Yes. But today the Grand Master did something historic, at least in my, in my opinion, I agree. I agree. Uh, and I looked on uh, the Robert's Facebook page, and he's got a picture of, of oh. part of what happened today. Um, on the Grand Lodge of Kansas Facebook, uh, YouTube, I think, and Facebook, there's a video from our Grand Master, uh, Michael Stoops. And weirdly, he throws out that term novice, and that's a term that's not used a lot anymore, uh, about being a, a Mason novice. And then uh, while the video is playing, uh, the room is completely dark. And it, which is unusual, I think, a little bit. Normally, there's some emergency lighting on, but the room is completely dark. Black, yeah. And then the lights come back on, and the Grandmaster, who was in all his fancy golden regalia. Full tux. Full tux top hat is completely
0: dressed in white. Um, just the soft clothing of a workman, of a novice workman. yes. But, and not to go into too much detail, but I I think it's safe to say it wasn't just white. No. No. It it was a white outfit that uh, any of us that have gone through uh, the journey of Freemasonry will understand. And that outfit, you know, changes throughout that journey. And I I think it kind of, uh, in a way, had an emblematical side of, I don't want to say completion, but... A next step at least yeah it, it was just very
1: moving and i found myself apparently there was some pollen in the air
0: mm. uh, <laughs> yes. so as he
1: came down off the dais uh, i found myself with pollen and and but he was wearing his master's apron his grandmaster's apron had i don't know where it went but just to see br- a brother coming yeah. down who no longer considered himself elevated that position grandmaster was very
2: humbling. Back on the level. Yes. Indeed. And in contrast, uh, you know, in traveling, you meet a lot of grandmasters who are not like Darren. Uh, they want to be in the spotlight. Darren is always working behind the scenes. Uh, he's, he's, as he was saying at the beginning of this, he's a third degree master mason, let alone all the other titles uh, and, and roles he is. Patreon subscriber. Very well played in Kansas masonry and beyond. Uh, but, but if you... Go and meet a bunch of grandmasters. You're gonna meet a lot of guys who really like being in the spotlight. And That's okay. Definitely. That's that's their vibe. It is. But here's a guy who put himself in darkness. Put all of us in darkness. It wasn't about him being in the spotlight. We all went into darkness to contemplate what you can contemplate if you watch that video on, on the Kansas Grand Lodge social yes. media. Uh, the, the notion of being on the level at a very deep level. And and when the lights came on, there he was, humbled in novice clothing and, and, and pure white symbolism as he headed out the door, a, a perfect human display of, of humility.
0: A hundred percent. And I'm sitting here thinking that, you know, we actually told a little bit of a fib about it because we, at least I said the room was completely black, which it wasn't. We had the, uh, the three lights going, right? It were. Fair. And how connecting is that to the beginning of his journey? Very much so. He came
1: uh, out of that darkened Grand East, as it were, and went yeah. to the light. Yeah. And it was a, what most people I don't think even understand is it had a crazy tie in. Our, our special speaker this morning was grand ma- current sitting Grand Master of uh, Candace Mason's Prince Hall affiliation, mm-hmm. Terry Winbush. Yeah. And his remarks were about darkness and light and how we can learn from being in the darkness.
0: Okay. So yeah, that, that was a fantastic talk he gave. However, that was another aspect, uh, that at least I considered historical or notable, uh, here in Kansas today. Every time we have an annual grand session, we have dignitaries from all kinds of grand lodges that come, uh, they all get formally introduced. We give them public grand honors and they're ushered to their seats. That did not happen entirely today. The representatives of the Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Kansas, well, what, what happened to him, Brother Darren?
1: Well, for us, it was something that, that I don't think's ever been done on the AFNM mm. side of Freemasonry in Kansas. It's commonly done on the A M side. And when the Grand Lodge officers of Prince Hall Grand Lodge come to our anti-communication, they sit in their respective stations right beside the Grand Lodge of Kansas AF and AM officers, yeah, and that's and for us, that's the way our Prince Hall brothers have always done it at their Grand Lodge. If, if any of our Grand Officers attend their end communication, they sit right beside right. their counterparts. And for some jurisdictions, that would cause a lot of problems. Just even oh, suggesting sure. that, and for us, it causes a lot of problems if we don't do that. Right. Um, for those jurisdictions or those of you who don't do that, shame on you. That's ridiculous that you're not. Um, but it was very awesome to have the two grandmasters of Kansas here today, the two deputy grandmasters of Kansas today, and some other I mean, past grandmaster as well. Um, it was. It, it's always wonderful because some places they say they have mutual recognition and they recognize each other just a nod of the head. Here we're shaking hands, hugging, eating lunch together. I mean, yeah. it's it's the real deal here in Kansas. As It should sure. sure be. Yeah.
0: And it, it's definitely been a growing trend since – I've became a Kansas Mason and kind of, you know, gone through this experience. Uh, I've seen this growing bond. Uh, obviously, the mutual recognition of Prince Hall here in Kansas happened well before me. Um, but those bonds are still in motion to grow closer and, and bind. And what I saw today, uh, to me, was a huge impact in that. And it, not to get too controversial, because I know guys are out there that, that, you know, go both ways with this. It peeves me. What I saw today was touching because we had the Grand Lodge of Kansas on the same stage. Now, mm-hmm. granted, we have two different jurisdictions, but I've, I've had that conversation with guys so much that they're, they're pro Prince Hall movement. But they're like, when are we going to get to the point that we do away with the Prince Hall Grand Lodge Ooh, and no, they join no, us? No, no, we, they no. join us. And my, my immediate response is, why? Why wouldn't we join them? Give up our history, our legacy. They have so much proud history, legacy in their lodges, in their grand jurisdiction. Why? Why don't we join Missouri? Why don't we join New York? What we have to realize is Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Kansas is just another jurisdiction. They're brothers.
2: Al- I've always imagined that someday I could see there being, in the same way that the ancients and moderns became a united grand lodge of yeah. England, I could absolutely see the the various jurisdictions in the United States having united grand lodges of Prince Hall and. Uh, now that I think Hall. would be beautiful. Uh, and and obviously, would have to be careful. It would have to be done in some sort of way where sure. what you're talking about those legacies, uh, the the history, the identity. Uh, is is kept intact sure and, and but and, and you're right usually when people are suggesting that that's not the sort of thing they have in mind right they want to do right. away with one and keep the other that it, yeah that just couldn't be done like yeah
0: and, and in the united aspect it's at least not ditching one but yeah. merging yeah now i still think we can get to the point that we can just see them as a grand jurisdiction the same as we see brothers in missouri that we have you know it's just come, yeah. come join us and we're brothers and it doesn't matter you're from missouri Why does it matter about Prince Hall? We're brothers. We're just jurisdictional.
2: That's how it should be. Uh, We have just in Texas uh, moved towards being able to have uh, Prince Hall lodges. And, uh, you know, there's there's so many terms for it. There's really not a very good term for non-Prince Hall lodges. I've sometimes heard it called state grand lodges, Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like that somehow uh, suggests that the Prince Hall grand lodge doesn't represent the state when it typically does. Sure. Uh, so uh, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to apply to uh, a, a Grand Lodge like this, the Grand Lodge of Kansas, that's not Prince Hall. Uh, the, the, they meet now, we can meet in the same building in Texas. And that was a big deal. There was a lot of pushback even on that. They, they're still separate lodges, but they can share a building together. Uh, and uh, it's it's powerful to be able to do that, to be in the one place together. You're sharing, you're performing your different rituals, different in slight ways, but yeah. same primary material in the same sacred space.
0: Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, you know, a, f- a few years ago at a grand annual session out here in Topeka, Kansas, uh, this man over here who, you know, obviously doesn't want to take any credit for anything. He's just our third here degree we go. master Mason. Uh, <laughs> you were at least uh, an implemental part. I'm sorry. Instrumental part of uh, bringing this together. And as you said, I just stood on the X. They told me to, um, but you did that damn well, brother. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? And I, where I want to go with this is, is we often talk about our COA and this joint mission that we have uh, in, in moving Kansas forward. But I think these events really play in and show how this, you know, this history that we saw today was, was a part of that.
1: Certainly. Um Again, not a historian, so how I up on the show, not sure. Um, so you won't hear a lot of dates from uh, me today. <laughs> but what he's referring to is uh, back in 2016, there was a rededication ceremony, a Masonic rededication ceremony of the the State House mm. here in Topeka. Mm-hmm. Um, the history of, of that it, it is like any other State state House, I presume. Um, but the Masons here were involved in the building of the, the Capitol building from the very beginning, uh, Alex probably has access to those pictures. He refers to them, and uh, I'm sure he's got them available digitally somewhere hidden. Oh, yeah.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll get them on the uh, on the show notes of the show.
1: But the original cornerstone uh, was made out of spoiled stone, and it, it, it broke, and they had to rededicate it. So they did that twice, and then somewhere down the road, they did a third dedication ceremony. The problem is it was nothing but white guys. It didn't yours. represent all the Masons in Kansas. And that's a problem Um, because they say that the Masons of Kansas dedicated the Capitol building of Kansas. That's not true because there was a group of Masons of Kansas who were totally excluded. Mm. And uh, we had an opportunity to try to make that as right as we could. Right. And I was just fortunate to be in the right place at the right time because recognition in Kansas happened way before me and yeah. there's a, a ton of, of Grand Lodge officers on both sides of Freemasonry in Kansas both sides being Prince Hall affiliated and the AF am affiliation right and they worked very close together and so by the time by 2015 we've already been getting along fraternally officially fraternally for 20some years I believe right and the talk was we're going to do this and i'm like okay yeah that sounds like a great idea to me
0: so it wasn't enough just to have that paper so to speak you wanted action to it oh yes we had to have i mean
1: freemasonry is not about lip service
0: Mm, definitely
1: um we talk about you know whether you're making good men better or whatever but we're supposed to be known by our actions and we had to do something, right? and so it was probably about 18 month planning to make it all come together, and there's so many people involved, and again, that's all I was. I was just to stand here on an X and and say this, but there was, for me, the people are instrumental. Um, There was Bob Shively with the Kansas Masonic Foundation here in Kansas. He actually was coordinating with the state legislature to make that happen. So I got to go testify in front of a committee to let us do that. And that was exciting. Um, we even got to meet the governor at some point to have a Kansas Mason's day. And that was a great deal. So the Prince Hall Grandmaster and myself got to go meet the governor. And that was not as impressive as I thought it would be.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had more fun standing in
1: line. <laughs> uh, but Johnny Eves um, for Prince Hall was instrumental tracy bloom for the grand lodge of kansas and our the kansas grandmaster currently in 2022 here michael stoops yeah was huge and if i'm correct he and johnny Eaves or maybe it was just him wrote the script for that day
4: mm-hmm.
1: i gotta pick part of my address that i wrote or that got delivered but those are the guys that made that whole thing come off sure and there was rehearsals and it was All great, but it was just so moving because if you look at the pictures, there was no who's gonna get top billing or whatever, because we both had top billing. And that was a very that's when our country is starting to go back to some not great times. Mm -hmm. And this will be the first time I I tell this part of it because it was supposed to be a big secret then. And I apologize if we have to go back and censor it out, we will. Grandmaster Prince Hall at that time is Larry Coleman. And Larry Coleman and Darren Kellerman, one black man, one white man, mm-hmm. are both both police officers. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not such a big deal. But at the time, the world is starting to turn the other way. And here we are right around noon in the middle of America, standing on the very top step of our state capitol. Doing the right thing, yeah. We, it was just amazing, and he gave an oration. Uh, the Prince Hall chaplain gave a beautiful prayer, and the only thing I could link, I think in my head, this sounds like something from Martin Luther King. Mm. It was just ringing out over that, the State House Square, and it was just beautiful. Yeah. And for me, I was thinking, I'm part of history. Yeah. This is awesome. And then like, oh, you need to speak now, dear. Oh, <laughs> um, so I was kind of the downer for that, but. It was very impressive to be there. And as we're looking out, there's no separation of the crowd. There's close to a 1,000 people staying there all intermingled. On the steps of the Capitol building, the brothers are intermingled. Yeah. There was no top billing because that would have – yeah. So people say, but, Darren, that was you. That was nothing to do with me. The craft demanded that. And when the craft demands – and we're part of the craft. Yeah. Because if you're watching your mason – your Grand Lodge, and when we as Grand Lodge say this is what we want, those people in the in the big gold suits have to deliver, and that's what we did. We delivered what the people wanted.
0: Definitely, definitely. So first of all, I guess I didn't realize uh, Most Worshipful Coleman was also a police officer. That's that, supposed that's to a, not people to.
1: the secret. That, you just yeah. So we're well, we'll probably have to go back and censor this whole episode, but because then there there, there could still be people in his jurisdiction of police officers, it can be dangerous. Yeah. And in some places not look favorably upon what we were doing.
0: Right. Right.
1: But the reality is we didn't care what the profane thought because we're Freemasons and we do what's right.
0: Period. So I want to bring up one more aspect of that. And I think there's some more today of today's, you know, event that we can talk about here. But uh, there, well, I want to tell one joke real quick because it, it made me oh, it made me laugh for more. You followers, my. you know this. Is how it's, so gonna
2: be. he's dad, a dad. Right, right in the middle dad. of
0: of that, which led to an incredible picture, and uh many of you may have seen it from that event. With so many, like I don't know what the average count of masons that we get at these events. It it's it's a fair sized crowd, but that crowd that we had that day was amazing. Not just on our side, but also Prince Hall side. And we got this huge group photo, not sectioned off, not blocked, just so intermingled of both Grand Lodges, Kansas Grand Lodge as a whole, all on the steps of the state capitol. It's this monumentous, just impactful moment. We got professional photographers, there's media coverage, and some poor sap just like walks out the main door right in the middle of it. It's like and just runs back inside, and you hear the door slam. I about lost it.
2: It, it went it, brown back, I, think. I, I feel <laughs> like it's worth saying if you're watching and you might be in a jurisdiction where, where you've had Prince Hall uh, and mutual recognition for a while, maybe it sounds like we're talking about old hat or we're talking about something that, that's past news, but, but but we should go ahead. and I, I feel like we should. Maybe this isn't official historical. Life. I'm going to point out there are still jurisdictions. There are still states in the United States where yeah. they do not have recognition. Yep. Uh, and four times so far, I have had to uh, uh, deny invitations to uh, give lectures and lodges in those jurisdictions because that's my small way of saying uh, I don't want to participate in Masonry in a place where we cannot have such recognition. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's it's not a small thing. It's not a uh, dated thing we're talking about. It's a big deal. Still, 100%.
1: and it's it's relevant, and it is. Uh, you know, the views of us, those of us in historical light may not reflect your Grand Lodge's uh, opinions, but I think that's definitely ours, and we respect what you do in your jurisdiction, and we understand it is a sensitive topic, and uh, some places that's just the way it's going to be, and you know that that's the history of it.
0: So, and it's it's definitely unfortunate. One other factor from that day before we kind of move back to. This this event that we're still taking part in today um, involved your father, right? It did. I, I should have brought that down. You should have brought um, that down. But there was there was a custom gavel made for that year uh, that was utilized in that event. And I think year to year, uh, grandmasters, same with lodges, right? Lodge worshipful masters. It, it's it's a thing to get your gavel. You know, sometimes it's just a gavel that has your name inscribed on it. Sometimes it's a really custom gavel uh, and grandmasters do this every year too. And there, there's this grandmasters gavel, but this particular one went above and beyond being that grandmasters gavel. There was a message behind it.
1: Yeah. So uh, my father is, a, I don't say a woodsmith because that's the wrong word, but he can work wood very well. And say that's uh, an woodworking. woodworking, yes. <laughs> and uh, so i asked him to make a gavel for me and he presents me with this gavel that is checkered
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it was determined you know that you know we've got to use this for this capital thing and uh can you make a couple more (laughs) so of course he was well okay because it's you those things, and now you see a lot of checkered gavels out there, or at least striped. But this yeah. one is but this little is happen- intentional.
0: It, it was intentional and it's designed that way. And it wasn't for the checkered flooring of the lodge, like this, this oh, no. was the integration of very oh, much so. It
1: had my dad, uh, is I'm gonna at the time was a still a novice master mason, yeah. So he didn't have the whole concept of the checkered pavement stuff didn't get to him, right? My upbringing. Um, for racial relations is you don't care the color of the man in the foxhole with you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's, Oh, I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that. So he presents me with this gavel and we talk about it and he, we talk about some symbolism and he creates something totally different. He worked with trace or grand secretary Tracy and makes a beautiful gavel. And again, I wish I'd have it, but it had some special numbering in it and some special stuff on it. And, there was one gavel given to the Grand Lodge of Kansas, one gavel given to the uh, Prince Hall Grand Lodge, and then we uh, auctioned off the third gavel. I think that's what happened to it. And the weird story, is, is that the way that goes? It's been so long. I know because Grandmaster Coleman has a gavel. I his story. I that? know. It's, that's why I'm not good online. <laughs> so there's three gavels that exist. And then all of a sudden, Alex Powers pulls out a fourth one. And it is the original Grandmaster's gavel. And we weren't aware that that still existed. So we stole it back from Alex. <laughs> um, but that it's a very special gavel. And uh, Grandmaster Stoops, actually, I gave it to charity because that's not my gavel. It was never my gavel. It's it's a craft's gavel. So we had the charity auction. Um, Michael Stoops bought the thing. and the next thing you know, he gives it back to me. Which was very moving. But then as he's going into being Grand Master, he's got to use that gavel. Yeah. That's his. But the story about I know we're moving away from that, but this is how people work. Michael Stoops, back in 2016, was just another craftsman. Yeah. But he's working on this ceremony for us that is just beautiful. Going to make history, supposedly. We do the ceremony at the Capitol Building, and it was a great Kansas day, as it were. The temperature was probably about fifty degrees at the day started, and it was overcast. And as we're doing the ceremony, the temperature dips
3: You're down. you killing our Texan, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I shivered when the you temperature
1: said dips down, and it starts snowing. The wind started blowing, and started snowing as we're finishing the ceremony. So now it's cold and blustery, just nasty. It's time for everybody to come back to the Grand Lodge venue. And they bust people back here. And there's Grandmaster Coleman and I standing there without a ride.
3: Mm.
1: Huh. Because, you know, (laughs) our our (laughs) philosophy was you need to take care of your guys first. Definitely. Definitely. And um, all of a sudden, here comes Michael Stoops going, you know, wishful Brothers, I have a vehicle waiting for you. And up pulls this. Black suburban. It's something like government. I mean, this is like <laughs> what we see on the History Channel. I mean, this is some cool stuff. I didn't know that's the way it really worked. And just whoop, here comes a driver in a car that I've never seen before. And this is pre Uber. It is <laughs> pre Uber. So I don't know how this has happened. So we grandmasters get in this car. Michael Stoop shuts the door and is standing there alone. He doesn't have a ride to get back to the hotel. So we invite him, get in the car. And, of course, right. he's like, because oh. a lot of people have this preconception about Grand Lodge officers. It's just Larry and I. We're just right. two guys. Right. Get in. So he gets in the front seat, and it was weird because he wouldn't turn around and look at us or nothing. <laughs> and we not saying we were talking about him, but uh, something was up. Sure. And again this is michael stoops just master mason and pretty soon he turns around and he's got tears in his eyes and he's like you saved me mm-hmm. he was ready to quit freemasonry because of all the crap yeah going on and because of what we did he decided to stick around that day yeah and this year He's a grandmaster of Kansas and he doesn't ever tell that story. He doesn't think of it that way. Right. But for me, I think he saved me because you never realize what a difference or an impact you can make on somebody else. You know, everybody's got that name. Sure. And it's just, Michael Stoops put things in perspective for me. And
0: I'll never forget that. I love that. I love that. Is it time? It's time for a toast, but when we finish, I want to continue on the fact of your father's gavel for one reason. So sure. don't let me forget that. Um, I think it's appropriate. Most worshipful Kellerman was just you? daring
1: to most of us, but he can't get past the most worshipful thing. Just saying.
0: Hey, Master Mason down there. There you go. Would you mind
1: giving us a toast for this evening?
0: Certainly. I think that being
1: a Patreon subscriber, this is what I got right here. <laughs> This was in the gift basket at the liquor store is what happened. Right. They sold them four for a dollar.
0: I know. I, I tell the police officer as I come in, I, I brought little bottles because I didn't want to worry about an open container going home. Look at that. Yep. Yes. And we're going to address Why that. Why don't you address that really quick before we okay, go on? That is, that is a good idea. Um, we have an audience member today and I'm going to embarrass you. I want you to come up behind us real quick uh, this way so you don't trip over wires.
1: He was dressed to come on. He's a good he to, to
0: come on. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> My brother, this is brother Dwayne Marshall. Love this guy. Uh, Kansas Masons will definitely know this brother uh, under the pen name of a past master's thoughts. Started out as a master's thoughts, correct? Yeah, it did. And now we're at a past master's thoughts. And what he's doing is coming on uh, in essentially a a personal blog and just letting it all out there. And what I think has really driven Kansas masonry this year is dialogue. Um, I've tried doing that with daily questions and brother Marshall here has really, really driven Marshall, Marshall, just making, wow. Brothers Marshalls. Does he get paid to do this at all? (laughs) By you buddy, by you.
1: Patreon subscriber. Join me. Click on the link below.
0: That's right. But this brother, I think, has, has really brought uh, that dialogue home uh, and, and really continue that conversation that helps us all grow as Masons, has helped other jurisdictions notice our jurisdiction, has helped Masonry grow as a family. Because at the end of the day, it's not really about Kansas Masons, right? It's about Freemasons. And we're just one aspect within that. And brothers like you have uh, really helped drive that home. My brother surprised me today and came in. Well, and I'm taking it farther away from the camera, uh, but he got me a custom bottle of Maker's Mark whiskey. And it says on here, handmade for right wishful Alex Powers, which is freaking awesome. So, my brother. If you smoke, I'd have brought
5: you a cigar. It's kind <laughs> of this thing. I love you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for everything you do. Thank did. you, my brother.
1: Stay right here.
2: Stay right. Stay up
5: right
1: here.
2: We,
5: there's another bottle here.
1: Robert, hand him that bottle right there. Yeah, get just, in on some. Whiskey. Since uh, oh wow, Alex isn't gonna crack the the. Uh, I don't know where it went. Uh, the other bottle. Uh, we'll good just Lord, crack don't, this.
5: Don't,
0: that's
1: don't weird. I that just
5: meet with a good time.
0: Most wishful third degree master mason. I, I know it peeves you. But that's why I keep
2: using it. Dear leader, supreme overlord.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs>
1: Lord this is why we don't do this show live very often. So, brothers, this is, well, it's to absent brothers, to together brothers, this is
5: to brothers.
0: To brothers. brothers. Cheers.
5: Smooth. smooth. <laughs> now, Brother Powers, I want to, I remember that day at the Capitol remember that I remember that day a lot and it and it sticks with me that was my first grand uh, that was my first grand session there are there are a number of folks that absolutely inspire me and I think that one of the things that we do in the craft is is we look at men and aspire to be like them um, I've been a part of a number of organizations. Uh, some work, some didn't. Um, you know, you, you, you join a lodge, but in the end, you don't join a lodge. You are the lodge. You, you become that lodge. And when I went to annual communication, the words that I heard from the podium from this brother here, Is why I'm here, what, eight, nine years later uh, doing what I do, and I love you, and thank you for that. Thank you for that. That spoke to me greatly. Indeed. Thank Thank you so much for being here, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, both.
0: So to continue our conversation, coming back to your father's gavel, and the reason I wanted to tie that in, uh, because it's ultimately the the perfect segue uh, to bring us back into today's session or this year's session um, because that gavel's here. It, it is. was used. Uh, Most worshipful stoops had two useful gavels up there. Um, one was his famous apple smasher as it was termed. <laughs> and I, I want to say, I actually saw that in that antique store that he found it there in Baldwin. Um, but he went through this antique store and, and saw this, uh, which was labeled literally as an apple smasher. And he's like, no, that is a setting mall. You brother, get in here. You can't see it on camera, but we've brother got a Jack.
1: long distance
0: guest coming. Why well, no? Okay, that's yes. perfectly fine, brother. Not a problem.
1: That's not live from Scotland. That's live Scotland here in Kansas. Just saying. <laughs> oh look! Look at that. Glad there you go. Oh, you'll see that here in a bit. So. If you, whatever, just hang on or fast forward to a little <laughs> bit when you see the guy in the plaid coming in.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Most most Worshipful Stoops has his giant Apple Smasher setting mall um, that he has traveled with this entire year. I've seen him use it in many lodges, and it's rightfully sitting on the Grand Dias in the east today. Um, but behind it, he, he used that Apple Smasher setting mall um, really to call – I think the session mm-hmm. into place, yeah. but I noticed on all the business matters that are driving Kansas masonry forward, which I thought was hugely uh, appropriate. He used that gavel, the gavel That's your father cool. made with the intention of bringing together Kansas masonry.
1: Last year uh, at his installation, uh, he dug back into the archives. This is the historical light Yes. aspect. Because uh, we've all seen the Grand Lodge installations are very common, just a mm. matter of rote. You can see them all over social media and such. But you will never find the 2021 installation of the Grand Lodge of Kansas because that didn't happen. Because he did it in a tiled session using, uh, I won't say the script, but the, the notes and references from 18 whatever it was. Yeah. One of the first, uh, some of the first Grand Lodge installations they had. And in one of the spots it comes to, and we've also experienced this being installed, for those who have been installed as a master or seen a master installed, the master's candidate is presented, and they ask him if he's worthy or not. Yeah. And unfortunately for Brother Stoops last year, the answer was, yeah, he's not ready yet. He has not been properly instructed, and he was basically cast out to receive proper instruction to become grand master or better for worse, the past grandmasters went with him to give him the education that he needed. And my words of wisdom to him, while irrelevant to, to all of us, I think, but at the end of it, he got presented with that gavel that he had given me long ago, um, because that has a lot of lessons in it, like right. so many of our Masonic objects. And to some it's just a piece of wood, pretty or not. Um, to me, it's a very personal uh, thing, um, but there's a lot of lessons there. And I would say that, um, the grandmaster of Kansas this year actually did something this show loves, It dug back into history. And he shared that on another one of your programs. Yeah. And, uh, it's been amazing because the craft of Kansas has been kind of like, what the heck are you doing? Well, he's doing what we should have been doing all along because we did it back when we formed the damn Grand Lodge, Kansas. For sure. So the grandmaster of Kansas yeah. That gavel he wields, whether it be the apple smasher or the the checkered gavel, very appropriate for him.
0: Definitely.
2: definitely. And this topic's very appropriate for a a Kansas Grand Lodge session. If if you look at the Kansas Grand Lodge seal, you'll see an Anglo settler in a top hat, not unlike the one that Michael Stoops wore this Mm -hmm. year as Grand Master. Very much so. uh, Shaking hands with a Wyandotte Native American. Uh, and that's 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 part of the story of how masonry came into Kansas was a native uh, a group of Native Americans and a group of Anglo settlers coming together to form some of the first lodges.
1: Indeed. More history, at least for Kansas anyway, and for a lot of Grand Lodges. Grandmaster Stoops. Uh, Michael, I guess how you like. he's, he's <laughs> kind of like somebody we know. There was a picture on the Grand Lodge page yesterday. Um, it's funny because I'll and I'll tell you why, because he was really crazy angry when he saw it. But at the Grand Lodge of Kansas this year, we had seven volumes of Sacred Law sitting on the altar. And some guys came in like, what in the world is going on there?
0: Yeah, we ha- we haven't seen that on a Grand Lodge no, since that, I've been around. that
1: does not happen. I've right. seen it happen at the World Conference of Masonic Lodges. And it happens here and there. Maybe there's uh, the Gita here or, or Torah along with the King James Version of the Bible. But we had all seven books on the altar of the Grand Lodge of Kansas today. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, uh, Grand Master Stoops took a picture and posted that. What he didn't realize is something, he's going to be so happy I mentioned it here, is somebody not knowing how some of those books work, they turned it around so it could be read
2: mm-hmm. from left to right. Mm-hmm. Had it correctly oriented. Yeah, so uh,
1: so it had be turned back around. Um, but again very impressive because you walk in and see it and he's got an old rusty actual working craftsman's square yes. and draftsman's compasses but talk about amazingly powerful mm-hmm. i mean some places you put uh, a book that's not written in english on that altar mm-hmm. and there's going to be some huge problems
2: i've seen it. i've seen i've seen problems with that in texas at our lodge we have uh, gosh at least a dozen different holy books in our library for for the purpose mm-hmm. of initiating men on, on the book that's appropriate and uh, there were other lodges who just heard about it happening at another lodge and raised hell over it. And we were like, oh, I don't care. It's our lodge. So you do what you want at yours. Uh, it, it's 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 a beautiful, beautiful image of masonry to yes. see those books on an altar. I think the Grand Lodge of Utah was the first place I saw it. And uh, yeah. uh, but but I mean, seeing it today at a Grand Lodge session, it's it's really special. And, and it holds true to what we say Freemasonry is or isn't in both yes, cases.
0: definitely. Well, because it drives home that that aspect of, of brotherhood, because it's not about my religion or your religion. It's about us. Freemasonry is spiritual. Mm-hmm. We open up in the presence of God. We work in the presence of God. We have a holy altar before us. That should be represented.
2: Re- regardless yes. of what each man's concept of that is. Indeed. My home lodge in Waco, it's, it is a religious capital of the world, one particular kind of religion and a particular denomination within that religion. And yet, at the Masonic Lodge in Waco, that is older than the city of Waco, just like the Grand Lodge of Kansas is older than the state of Kansas, Indeed. we have a Muslim, we have Christians, we have a Jew, we have a Taoist, we've had a Wiccan, uh, I mean, all kinds of people, but that doesn't really pertain to masonry. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's a beautiful thing to see people of different backgrounds come together.
1: You know, if you advertise this right, Alex, this could get a lot of views. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> We've talked about the relationship between different Grand Lodges and now religion. <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. And we pretty
1: much said we don't
0: care
1: yeah. because we all meet on the level. Oh, we and, and, all and now is politics
0: and women. Yes. <laughs>
1: speaking of women okay <laughs> and i know alex and robert have talked about co-masonry and stuff before whether it's on this or some other shows sure. they do yeah. but the reality is um, during the pandemic and such and even for this show here today as we come to you live there is a woman involved and she's a very big part of the show and i don't know if she's Absolutely. been on before and now she's panicking because i'm gonna ask her to come up she has. But, but she's huge to this show and to everything that alex and robert do she is kind of the glue that sometimes holds this the whole thing together Oh, and agreed. she made th- sure everything was packed in, in the vehicle. And she is dressed in a... Her, get up here. Don't come Stunning. back there.
2: Join Stunning. us, Yvette.
1: This who kind of makes the show go. And she wants you to be a Patreon subscriber. She wants what you. Know. So Alex is going to tell her thank you now and how beautiful she is and how yes. he is to her. So this is historic <laughs> for us. Thank calling him out. All
0: you do. I love you. love you, too. So for everyone that... Uh, that may find this show on your different groups that you follow all that sharing, all that promotion is this lady behind the scenes, uh, relentlessly and devotedly every single episode. Uh, she's always there for us. So I appreciate Thank you.
3: you. The director of the show. Yeah. We'll get you a yeah, name tag. I like that. We'll get I
0: like
2: you a name that. tag. Thank you. He doesn't
0: have her name tag. How
2: this show survives.
3: Well, budgets,
0: budgets. We need more Patreon subscribers so we can afford that woman a pay uh, please name tag.
2: Please, for just ten dollars a month, you can provide this lovely lady with a name badge of her very own. $10? recognizing that's her. a level.
1: I didn't know it was ten dollars. pay a lot more than
2: that. Not for Grandmasters. <laughs> so the thing is, as a
1: Patreon subscriber, and this has turned into a commercial that everybody's tuning out, probably. <laughs> the thing is as a Patreon subscriber, you can help control the direction of the show and get get guests not like me on here and it is on there but he never asked for my opinion but shows like this are awesome because you get to hear all all sorts of different views and sometimes the live shows like this do go off the rails but you can skip ahead skip back they really say that yeah yeah i mean the other day alex was on a show and he had the grandmaster say a curse word it was great because that stuff happens
0: we
2: did, yeah. They'd have brought um, him on charges if it happened in yeah. Texas. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs>
1: and then the Grand Master references on a Grand Lodge broadcast the name of the show, and he got it wrong. But at least, but he watches the show. That's cool. And he's mentioned it several times in the places he goes. So the Grand Master of Kansas and several past Grandmasters, me
2: as well, watch the show. And not just this show. I've seen watch, for years yes. that the, the, the Kansas Grandmasters consistently, year to year to year, are very pro-technology and pro-new uh, ideas yeah. in a way that, that's that's pretty unique. Because right now, as we're recording
1: this broadcasting, there's eight, plus Miss Powers, watching the show. These Grandmasters we're talking about are just like me and you. They have a thirst for knowledge. And that's what this whole thing's about. That's yeah. what drives this show. Sometimes they get we get obsessed with the numbers mm-hmm. and like, share, subscribe, make sure you follow, have your notifications on. If you don't do it, hit the bell so you get the notification. But it's the going back and looking at it and learning. And when you take something you heard on this show or another show yeah. and taking it to Lodge and sharing it, that's the
0: win. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely so to kind of bring this this back around he always tries to drag us back yep. i, I have everybody watching he is just That's what this
2: whole thing's about really
0: well so i'm still in a little bit of physical pain so i i feel like it's worth calling out our grandmaster a little bit and well you know he's he's out of the grand east now so i guess i'm semi safe from his wrath but <laughs> no i i want to i i want to kind of acknowledge the fact, especially bringing in how we were talking about um he was at a point of being ready to call it quits in masonry he he'd experienced some tough stuff and and one thing I can say about uh brother Michael uh is that he's devoted and passionate about actual freemasonry and I've personally heard guys naysay him for being strict to the rule book mm. And it bugs me because we're the ones that set those rules. And that got brought up today. Did it not? I recall somebody giving a report similar to that. Yeah. Most Worshipful shared a story that, you know, he he was kind of disappointed, not to say that, you know, his year was bad, but he was unfortunately treated semi poorly in certain situations for doing the job that we elected him to do. Mm -hmm. And that is unfortunate. He got his payback today. He got his payback because he thought if we would all remember the obligation that we took when we become a Mason and not just an entered apprentice Mason, but the obligation that we took as a fellow craft Mason and the obligation that we took as a master Mason and the charges that we got as a worshipful master.
2: With with our right arms raised Raised the entire time,
0: the entire time, and we did. We still both ways. Yes, we went through long form each obligation, and we retook those obligations today. And as much as I think it was appropriate in his saying, I think many of us, including myself, needed that.
1: Oh yes, very much so.
0: As much as we memorize those, right, and we know it's there. I don't think we always know what's
2: there. Do you all have re-obligation programs here? In Kansas, we do not. In Texas, I was asked to start giving them a couple of years ago. And, and the twist I added to it, we do the reobligation, and it happened a lot like you're talking about here, where we 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 recited the obligations we've already taken and you've already taken in, in your right. lodge. Uh, I, I started them off by working through the obligation and and looking at the etymology and where the words came from when they found their way into English and what they most likely meant in the context of the time that our obligations were written or formed. Uh, And and then we can really study what the original intent of the obligations were. There are words in there, which we now pronounce in ways that that blind us in this era from understanding what they meant at the time. Uh, And uh, this sort of thing just like we did today at the Kansas Grand Lodge, gives us pause to reconsider the obligations uh, after having worked in the quarries for however long we've been doing it. Uh, and and it, it brings us back around and allows us to use our new perspective uh, to recommit ourselves to the promises we made.
0: Definitely. It's,
2: it's very refreshing. And uh,
1: there were several evenings when I got a late night call from uh, the Grand Masters on his way home and, but the you won't believe what just happened. And they're kind of, to me, they're horror stories because I can't believe that one brother would treat another like that or say those things
2: yeah.
1: in open lodge. Mm-hmm. And the reality for me is, and I've said this many times is, and we all have this in our jurisdictions because I know that the watchers of this program aren't mainly Kansas based. We have them all over uh, North America and s- several around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, A lot of us in our lodge, we have a problem with Grand Lodge, the entity Grand Lodge, and some of what we perceive as the nonsense that Grand Lodge is trying to make us do. Mm -hmm. And that's a very real thing. Yeah. But the reality is, at least for us here in Kansas, is what the Grand Master was making us do is what our bylaws said we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. for the last hundred and some years. Yeah. And if we can't hold ourselves accountable to that, what's this whole thing for? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just... You know, we're associated for a purpose. Well, it's a workman's guild. you got to have some rules there to make sure the work is being done true and we're not building crooked buildings. Mm -hmm. Standards matter. And that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, if you look at the state of Freemasonry across the world, we've got some crooked edifices, as it were. We do. Because we didn't follow the rules as we went. We took some shortcuts, and then we get ticked off when Grand Lodge, the entity, tries to bring us back to square that building up. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we get mad at the man or that group of men that are trying to do what we were born to do or created to do. Yeah. So, and I, I'm right there with a lot of us getting frustrated. Why is Lodge doing this? This is, they are trying to hold us down. We're trying to get members and you're doing this. Well, you know, I think watching the show, we know it's not about the quantity of those members. It's about yeah. the quality of the, the members and the work.
0: Come on, but on
1: I, I'm going to bow out, Alex, because we have got a very special guest here. We've got one, four seats. You're I know go we out. got four seats, but he's got the personality of two of us. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to invite uh, past provincial grandmaster James Jack James to, take, Jack. to, take, Come my, on to take my spot. What is all that? Secret code. It is secret code. Turn off the microphone. Holy moly, that is very good. I'll let you talk about that. So, brothers, friends, it's been great talking to you. Make sure you re-watch, like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I'll see you next time. It's so good. It's Squarely on the level.
2: Okay. I'm okay. That's I love you, awesome. Dan. Thanks for joining us, man. That's
1: awesome. So down there live on historical light. Oh, look at the inception thing here. Here we are.
0: Okay.
2: Brother
0: James, we're going to give him a, a second to get his earphones here and, and get plugged into the show. Um, but I want to bring to light that uh, Brother James Jack here is a dear friend of mine. Uh, I've had the pleasure of getting to know him uh, over pretty much every year since I've became a Mason. He has been traveling from Scotland to Kansas, attending our grand sessions. He is a Kansas Mason. And uh, because of time difference uh, from here to Scotland, uh, it's it's been hard to be able to schedule him in the normal fashion of historical light uh, to do, you know, the the zoom or whatever, and get him on in a virtual session. Um, and then with COVID and everything, it's it's been hard to get him here in person. But this year we had the opportunity to do a live setup and have Brother James back here in Kansas with us once again. Uh, getting through the, the hefty part of COVID and joining us in person. And my brother, I'm so thankful and so pleased to have you on
3: for historical light, my brother. So well, thank it's you. great to be here, Alex. And I thank you very much for the for the invitation. We it's were. also good to be with my other good friend, Robert, uh, from Texas. I right, love um, you, James. It's good to see you again. Great to thank be in him. such knowledgeable company, brother. Definitely.
0: Well, I, I want to give you the opportunity, if you wouldn't mind, to to more formally introduce
3: yourself and, and let the viewers know just who you are. Um, well, I'm... Jim Jack, uh, I've come from uh, Uddingston in Scotland, um, which is about just outside Glasgow, maybe about seven miles from Glasgow, uh, near Hamilton. Uh, born in the area, lived in the area uh, all my life and um, joined the lodge in Uddingston, uh, Lodge and Bride the 579 under the Grand Lodge of Scotland in 1974. Uh, first in office, maybe in about 1975, year after that, worked up through the offices and um, became right worse for mastery, uh, Lloyd and Bride in 1980. Um, after coming off the, the chair uh, as, uh, as master, uh, went in as treasurer, and I was treasurer in the, in the lodge off and on for maybe about 15 years. Wow. Um, Provincial Grand Lodge, we've got a different structure from America, um, although you've got a District Deputy Grand Masters. Yeah. We have provinces in Scotland, and we have about 36 provinces covering the, covering the whole country. Um, and we had 43 lodges in our, in our province. Um, I was elected as Provincial Grand Treasurer in 1989, and um, I served as Provincial Grand Treasurer for seven years. Um, and then was commissioned by the Provincial Grandmaster. Uh, the Provincial Grandmaster is, is commissioned by the Grandmaster Mason and usually does a five-year term and he commissions, wow. commissions, his uh, secretary, his deputy and his two substitutes and the chaplain uh, and I was commissioned as secretary in a five-year commission uh, and then I was commissioned again so I did 10 years as Provincial Grand Treasurer, as Provincial Grand Secretary, rather. You stay busy. And then uh, I stood for election as Provincial Grand Master, and I was installed as Provincial Grand Master in 2006 and served for five years uh, to 2011. And Grand Lodge, um, I was in, elected to Grand Committee. Your committee is elected from the Florida Lodge, and that's a difficult vote. Um, so in about 19, 1991, 1992, I was elected to the Grand Committee, and I've been in the Grand Committee ever since. Um, I was elected to uh, the to Grand Office, and I've been moving up slowly through the offices, um, and I'm currently the Grand Librarian. Uh, if things go according to plan, I should be Junior Deacon in
0: November. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, brother, what is it that originally got you to have interest in this thing we call Freemasonry. What sealed that deal for you
3: to want to join? I think it was um I think it was family ties. Okay. Um nearly everyone every everyone in my family was um was a Mason. Do
2: Scotsmen have to be initiated or are you born as an interdependent? I think we're
3: born okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're born into the craft. <laughs> um my both my grandfathers were members of Ludson Bride right? mm-hmm. uh and my, my father was actually a member of Lutzen, you Enoch. Know, uh, 1288, which is another lodge in was, I mean, it was in those days. Um, and I, I joined the lodge uh, my wife's father was a mason and, and he was a member of Hamilton 233. So virtually everyone in the family uh, was a mason.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. So you get into this journey and, and obviously you've, you've been through so many of these positions that have really giving you the opportunity to grow in masonry and, and meet so many. You've been traveling to Kansas since at least when I became a mason. Yeah. What What is it that originally brought you here?
3: Well, that's a, that, that's a good story. And I always believe that things were meant to be. I sure. Don't, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that these things were meant to happen. And, um, Michael Hallam, uh, was writing a book on um, Freemasonry in the American Civil War. Yes, yeah. And I had been corresponding with Michael Halloran and um, I'd never actually met him. I visit a uh, visit Virginia and I'm very friendly with my brethren in, in Virginia. In fact my memory two lodges in, in Virginia. And uh, I was invited to attend uh, I was invited to attend the uh, uh, centenary. sorry, the 150th anniversary ya, of the Battle of Gettysburg. And one of the lodges I was a member of was the Virginia Research Lodge, Civil War Research Lodge. Right. And they had arranged to have a meeting in the field at Gettysburg. So they were having a meeting in the field at Gettysburg. And um, I happened to turn around to the brother next to me and like all good Americans, have their name tag on with a <laughs> position. And I said, Michael Hallam, and he said, Yeah. I said, I'm Jim Jack from Scotland. And he nearly dropped at my feet. Couldn't believe it. I bet. I couldn't believe it. And I asked him uh, how he was getting on, what position he held in Grand Lodge, and he said he was deputy. And uh, I said, Where does the future go? And he said, Well, if things go according to plan, I'll be Grand Master next year. And I said, Well, I'd like think I'd like to come to that. My installation and the first thing he said was, will your Grand Lodge pay for that? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I came over for Michael Halland's installation and I've been coming back and forward basically ever since. That's fantastic yeah. brother. And to kind
0: of seal that deal, you're a Kansas Mason now as well, correct? Yes, um,
3: and that, that visit, that, that visit, um, Michael Halland said, what are you doing? today, it was after the after the meeting, and I said, I don't know, what, what's going what's the go? He said, well, i consecrating consecrated in a new lodge. And I said, all right. He says, it's Caledonia Lodge. Caledonia Lodge? He said, yeah, it's Caledonia Lodge. These guys play the pipes. And I said, my goodness, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. He says, it's across the road in the, in the Grand Lodge uh, temple across the the Right. And uh, I went over and uh, met the guys. And they thought it was wonderful that someone from Scotland was there for the consecration. And um, I think I was provincial grand master at the time. My provincial grand master was really and uh, it went really well. And due uh, to course, I affiliated to the lodge. Yeah, I'm a member of quite a few lodges. <laughs>
0: we can tell. We yeah. can tell. Yeah,
2: we're going to teach him the secret word tonight. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I would like to brag a
2: little about something. What's that? Well. Grand Librarian James Jack hooked me up with a book, yep. like a that true librarian. True. That uh, is true. This is a book I've been after for a while. It was out of print. It was hard to find, and it covers all of the Freemasons who received the Victorian Cross uh, during uh, the Great War or World War One. All the wars. All the wars. All the wars. I, I undersold it, uh, and uh, uh, I can't tell you how happy I am to get this. I had told brother jack that I, I was looking for it and he acquired it and he let me know he was going to get it to me the next time i saw him and that was a couple of years ago and then something called covid happened yeah. so we didn't get to see each other for quite a while and he held right. on to it all this time and uh, brought it to me today yeah. and uh, I, I can't tell you how, how glad i am i will be adding that to the uh, personal library, which is on loan to Waco Lodge, so that everybody <laughs> has access to those books. And uh, after I read it, I always read them first. Yeah. Well,
0: and, I think uh, we're going to be expecting a book report on a historical I'll, life. I'll, I'll so be happy to share I, a I'm book definitely uh, yeah. curious to hear more about the story. Yeah. Now, we do have uh, one brother here that I think has something we want to share, if we don't
1: mind.
2: Is that the Dueling Pistols? I don't know.
0: Right. So
1: Brother Jack brought over a lot of stuff from Scotland tonight. But uh, a brother approached me as I got kicked out of here, and he's trying to be a Patreon subscriber, I think. But uh, this is Brother Marvin Fletcher, and I
4: think he had something to say, Alex. Uh, Marvin, Brother Fletcher. Uh, on behalf of all the brethren of the Grand Lodge of Oklahoma, which means every member of Kansas Mastry, uh, I'd like to present you with these doing pistols. Oh, my God. Oh, behalf- wow. oh my God. These things are beautiful,
2: Are you kidding guys. me
4: right now? No, sir, I'm not. Wow. Oh, my God. You might have to. Lie.
0: Okay, let me set this down real
4: quick. How cool You is can't that? do this to me on a live episode, man. <laughs> all on, the Texans are
2: about to get me. really jealous.
4: <laughs> for all the work you've done for... These <laughs> oh, wow. Freemason reading candy. <sighs> all right, so first of all, very carefully, I believe it'd be very fitting in your...
0: These were in the uh, in the auction today. It's an incredible brother Fletcher. Wow. All right, my brother. I love you, brother. Thank and you for all the hard work you've done. For well, I appreciate that, and and I will continue. And I, I know uh, we highlighted your story on the show before because uh, this is not the first gift you've given me, brother. <laughs> oh, that was personal yes but man you you keep hitting me uh this brother got me (laughs) so early on especially during our our 40 some nights of lives uh, that we did starting with covid um we started coming on and sharing history and we we got to one point we're just kind of sharing stuff from our Masonic collection to you know give a little bit of history on and one of the items i had shared is I had come up with a figurine, and I can't remember which was which, but I had a, a small fig- figurine of either George Washington or Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. And there was, it was a set, and it would come with one figurine of George Washington, one of Franklin. I'm like, okay. The one that I got belonged to a member of our lodge, which was basically the historian of Gardner prior to me, uh, the owner of this ring. Uh, and I, I carry on his legacy uh, through wearing that. It was my mission to find the other half of that missing set. And damn it, I thought I did. And we paid good money on eBay. And this thing arrives. And I find out that not only are there small figurines, there's full-size bookshelf ends. So then I have a bookshelf end of the opposite set and a small figurine of one set. And I mentioned this on the show, and this brother had the full set of George Washington and Ben Franklin. And he he gave that to me to add in my collection and, and, and keep safe an archive of that history while we're on that brother. uh, Let's,
4: let's bring back, uh, the history behind those. Oh, okay. Um, those were not my individual figurines originally. Uh, they were given to me by, uh, uh, worshipful brother, Franklin J. Kale, Jr., who is a past grandmaster of DeMolay International. And uh, he was a mentor of mine while I was sojourning in the uh, grand jurisdiction of Oklahoma. And he gave me those as a uh, courtesy. He, he was always one to go overboard on everything he did. Uh, if we had a, a sweetheart... In the Dean Lake chapter, uh, when uh, something on the state level, he would, I remember one time he sent me out. We were in Dallas, Texas, and he said, I need six red, or no, six yellow roses. I drove all over looking for these ro- yellow roses. Couldn't find them. We anyway, don't even sing
2: about them in Texas. We don't actually.
4: Yeah, have you don't have them. <laughs> but anyway, uh Dad Kel was uh, a great mentor of mine when and, and he gave me those gifts. And then I saw the podcast and I had just got on <laughs> and you come on with that. And I'm sitting here going, I've got that. And I went into, the, I actually wasn't home. and I called my lady and I said, would you go into the room and look at the bottom? And she did and sent it to me and everything. That's when I sent them to you. I appreciate you so much, brother. Um, Well, it's it's all for the work that you've done. One more time,
0: brother. I love you so much. Thank you. Thanks for everything you do.
5: Wow.
0: Well, now I'm all flabbergasted. (laughs) Good lord. (laughs) How do I how do I continue from that? Where do we pick back up?
5: Whoa.
0: So, it's brother James. Yes. You're Kansas Mason, you're here again. We witnessed some historical factors that happened in in our grand session today. How does this impact you in Kansas versus Scotland and, and your your opportunity to travel around jurisdictions as you do? Um, how does how does Kansas
3: impact your Masonic journey? Find um, that's one of the one of the beauties of Freemasonry as the yeah. difference between different uh, jurisdictions, difference between different Grand Lodges, and more so even in Scotland. Scotland um, is so diverse. Um, the Lodges, uh, there's no standard ritual. Um, the Lodges uh, basically have their own rituals. You can travel within two or three miles of where I live and virtually every lodge within that radius will have a different opening and closing of the lodge, of a different working of a degree. And it makes it very interesting, very, very interesting. Um, some constitutions you go to, they've got maybe a committee of works who oversee the ritual, oh, yeah. and they make sure that the that the ritual is the same in every lodge, you know, and that's right. fine. If that's the way they want to do it, then, then that's fine. Uh, in Scotland, um, Lodges wear their own regalia. There's not a standard colour of regalia. When a lodge is chartered, they're allowed to choose their colour. So you get lodges with different coloured regalia. Which is a beautiful factor, by the way. When you go to Grand Lodge, it's it's quite spectacular. You know, Grand Lodge, Scotland, wear thistle green uh, regalia. Uh, Provincial Grand Lodges wear thistle green regalia. And uh, the lodges choose their own colors, what they want to wear. And so it's kind of like a
0: factor of their
3: identity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some of the, the Tartans especially, you know, yeah. like I'm thinking of Lodge Buchanan, we have Buchanan mm-hmm. Tartan, yeah. um, and it's quite distinct. So you can immediately identify the brethren from the lodges. You get to know the colors and you get to know the combinations of colors and right. who, who they are. Um, but I think Freemasonry is so so diverse in, in how they apply it, but they... they, they to stick to the fundamentals, um, which we all know, and they're all, fundamentals are common no matter what constitution you're in. Right, right. Um, but the, the actual application might, might differ. And that's, that's what makes it, makes it really good. Definitely. Makes it interesting.
0: Now, one, one thing I find fascinating about you is is your drive in this fraternal bond has actually led you beyond Freemasonry as well. And to tie that into the historical aspect that we touch here, um, you shared with me last time you were in Kansas that uh, you had joined another fraternal society uh, that shares a lot of common symbolism with Freemasonry, yeah. and that was the gardeners, yes. correct? Yes. Now, you guys had kind of brought that back to life. Yeah. Uh, if, if you don't mind to tell us a little bit about that um, and kind of how
3: that came about. So you know, First of all, uh, free gardeners um, is not connected to Freemasonry. Right, there's right. no. There's no combination there at all, it's a completely different organisation, although looks similar. And in Scotland, um, and in, in other parts of the world, um, free gardeners was was huge, really. I mean, at one time, there were more free gardeners lodges in Scotland than there were Masonic lodges. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. But what happened was, um, Grand Lodge of Scotland, the Masonic Grand Lodge of Scotland, um, basically stuck to its principles. Um, One Grand Lodge governed all Masonic Lodges in the country, and it was well-regulated. Three Gardener's Lodges were a mishmash. You had uh, maybe five Grand Lodges, the Western Grand Lodge, the Eastern Grand Lodge, you know, St Andrew's Grand Lodge. You had about five different Grand Lodges all operating, and they weren't in specific areas that crossed crossed over. and that just didn't quite work there were a couple of attempts to try and amalgamate them into one grand lodge but it, it didn't really work free gardeners were more or less a, a well they were a friendly society so what what you did was unlike freemastery um you paid money uh, on a regular basis and they covered funeral costs the lodge would cover funeral right, costs right if you were injured at your work it would it would cover you know benefits to, to keep you going. Um, and then um, after the after the Second World War finished, um, the National Health Service came in, uh, in in the United Kingdom. Not only the National Health Service, but um, other benefits came in nationally, the government sponsored nationally. So um, virtually everything that the free gardeners and other societies, Shepherds and and in our societies, foresters were were providing, were all of a sudden government funded, and you paid your contribution from your wages. Right. So your contributions were coming off from source. A lot of people couldn't pay twice. So there was no point in paying twice, and because you were you had to pay by law your contribution sure. off your wages, then a lot of the gardeners' lodges went to the wall. And um, the last Gardener's Lodge uh, closed in about, I think it was 1956, and that was a that was an organisation whose early minutes go back to
2: 1640
3: hmm. in Hardington. Wow. Um, but overseas, in, in in South Africa, Caribbean, um, Gardener's Lodges had been established there in Australia. And um, they were still in existence. And at that particular time, I think it was the early eighties. Um, there was a, a revival to try and try and revive this this Scottish um, order. And a group of gardeners came to Scotland on holiday, and they, they had a meeting, and they they, they resurrected a, a gardeners lodge, and um, it, it kind of blossomed from there. It started as a preservation society because what happened was that you used to get donations to your masonic lodge okay but they weren't masonic they were gardeners jewels they were gardeners regalia yeah and it was really they were of historical importance banners huge huge banners right um and they were they were um historically important and um the the they were literally being thrown out so there was they started this preservation society to try and try and Record and, and maintain the items that were that were basically been given given to the, the Masonic lodges. Right, and um, we've been really successful in that. We've got a, a good collection of of uh, aprons and and uh, regalia going back you know a couple hundred years. That's amazing. Um, so it's been it's been good. Uh, as far as uh, the the, the organisation goes, there's there's no Grand Lodge at this time that we know of, and we're an independent lodge. If um, we sponsored other lodges, but we sponsor them in the understanding that we're not acting as a grand lodge, we're just helping them to get get established. Um, Ritual I could argue that the Free Gardener's ritual is older than Masonic ritual. Really? Yeah, because um, that's an interesting statement. Masonic ritual really takes its origins from the building at King Solomon's Temple.
0: Yeah.
3: Free Gardener's ritual. Takes its origins from the Garden of Eden. And the Lord okay. took Adam. The Lord took Adam and put him in the garden to tend it and to keep it. So Adam was the first gardener. Wow. So pre-gardenery predates Masonic ritual. Wow. And you can't really argue because it's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with that,
2: can The you? confidence no. of a Scots. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right?
0: So one proud thing uh, that you had brought to my attention, we were able to, you know, verify that in the archives, is not our Grand Lodge building, but right across the street of our Grand Lodge building here in Kansas is the State Capitol building. Yeah. And that was actually constructed by
2: Scottish
3: Masons, correct? The I'm not so sure about the one in Kansas, but the one in Washington, D.C. was under the White House. Yeah. Te- yeah, Texas had Scottish masons. Yeah, working do, on it. Yeah. Yeah. The one and the the, the the one that's interesting. I don't know the, the the one in Topeka, or the, but I, I certainly know that um, the the White House mm-hmm. and I think possibly the the, the the Capitol building in Washington as well was built by Scottish masons, um, and and that can be proved because going um, back in time, I think it was the president uh, Harry Truman. It would have been. They were renovating the White House, oh, yeah. and there's a yeah. famous picture of a are inside the White House, you know. And um, Harry Truman um, was then looking at the building work and came across these stones uh, that were all marked, the masons' marks. Right. And he asked for them all to be put to the side, and they were all put to the side. And Harry Truman was, of course, a Scottish mason. had been an member of our Grand Lodge, one of the few, and he gave a stone to each Grand Lodge mm-hmm. in America. So I don't know if Kansas is the one, but we they do. Really we well, do. should have a mason's mark on it. Mm-hmm. And relatively recently, um, research was done because they wondered where these masons would mm-hmm. come from. And uh, it was Bob Cooper, our curator in, in Edinburgh, who had done quite a, quite a lot of groundwork in that. And there was an operative lodge in, in um, joining Journeyman Masons, num- now number eight. And in their minutes, it said that about um, 10 Masons had left the country to go to America to, to build in America, in mm-hmm. Washington. So they identified the 10 guys, from the 10 brethren from the minutes. And then the mark book, because these guys were operatives, so they had a mark, they had, they had, a, they had mark, a mark book with their right. marks on it. And lo and behold, the, the marks that were next to their names tied up with the marks mm. that were on the stones in the White House. That's fantastic. So they, they could actually identify the name of the, the name of the brother okay. who cut the stone. So that was that was that look closed. And it was it was really quite reassuring to mm-hmm. think that um the major buildings in New America uh, right. were built by Scots. Because, I mean, really in those days, I don't think there would be many, many people that had that, those skills. You no. know, they, they may have been brethren here, or masons here, that had skills, but there wouldn't be many of them to build to such a structure, you know? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, we have been
0: running kind of long on this episode. We have covered so much this evening. Uh, history
3: from... Well, he had Brother Kellerman on, so that would take up more than half of it. I know.
0: He was, he was very proud to be on the show. And... Uh, and be a sponsor of the show as well as he pointed out yeah. but we've covered so much this evening and brother i i've i've been dying to sit down and have this chat with you for years now i'm thrilled that you're back here in person
3: yeah.
0: and able to sit down it's with us to, it's good to be back after after such a, such a long time brother robert i want to throw you on the spot what hard-hitting last questions we got for Brother James, hard
2: hitting last yeah, questions him, for brother James. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give him one, I'll give you one, yeah, give you but one. it's not going to hit you hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is
3: there a grandmaster of Texas buried in Scotland?
2: Yes, of course, <laughs> there is, of course, <laughs> okay. there is.
3: Yeah. Uh, and I know that he's buried. Gosh, oh no, uh, uh I mean,
2: yes. oh, oh, don't tell me,
3: don't tell me, don't
2: tell me. <laughs> uh, okay, no, that's another good story. He's, he's, not, he's part this, of a this, very old Scottish this, family. This is
3: another good. Uh, good story. Past okay. Grand Master
2: and Grand Secretary, yeah. he wrote the first yeah. copy of proceedings for the yeah. Grand Lodge of Texas yeah. in 1857.
3: He's he's buried in a necropolis in Glasgow. Uh-huh. And you sent me with, the photos, which, which is the major major uh, oh, burial ground in Glasgow. And m- my wife worked where where, where a, a woman, uh, and her husband was a grave digger in the necropolis. Okay, she looked after necropolis, and and they said. Tell Helen to speak to her husband. I've come across a Masonic grave and it mentions Texas on it. It's quite hmm. unusual. Hmm. I said, "I need to go and I need to go and see this." So I went into the necropolis and he took me to show me where the where the grave was. And it's quite amazing, really, because um, Ruthven was his name, and Ruthven—that's
2: it, Archibald Arch- Sinclair Ruthven.
3: Yep. and he was. Um, he emigrated to America, kind of worked his way down, and ended up in Texas,
0: Okay.
3: and uh, he became the Grand Secretary in, in Texas, he became a Grand Master of Texas, mm-hmm. and then um, he came back to Scotland to, to visit his family, and he, and he died while he was on holiday. Yeah. Uh, but Ruthven is a very important name, and I, I would like to try and find out more about this, this brother, this, this Grand Master, because one of the lodges I'm a member of, um, Lodge St Andrew's military, uh, 668 in Scotland, have a Victoria Cross holder and his name is Ruslan. Mm. And it would be nice to know if uh, he, he won his Victoria Cross in the Sudan in about 1880. Mm-hmm which is not that far away from where we're talking about, so they, they could be related. You know, mm. I'm quite sure they've all been related because Ruthven That's is interesting. Ruthven is an important name in, in Scotland. Right.
2: In Texas. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, arguably, yep. uh, Archibald Ruthven, whose who's grave brother Jack's talking about, uh, in my opinion, is, yep. is the most, if not, well, one of the most, if not the most important uh, yep. Grand Master and Grand Secretary in, in the Grand Lodge of Texas history. Uh, because, as I said, he was the first to compile proceedings for the Grand Lodge of Texas from from the 1830s to the 1850s. Yeah. We would have nothing. Right. If he as Grand Secretary in 1857 hadn't compiled the entire history of our jurisdiction.
0: Isn't uh, amazing how parts of our history just throughout Freemasonry and a whole end up lying on these individuals and and their passion to, well, to not carry out these tasks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because in Scotland Scotland's you know, always the anomaly.
3: In, in Scotland um we go back to the Shaw statutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Back, to the show, Shaw. back to the Shaw statutes William Shaw. There's one or two people on here in here have been its grave and in Fairland. Mm-hmm. And um William Shaw when he wrote the statutes, which was really um the first attempt to kind of organize freemasonry and our masonry on a, a national scale insisted that one of his one of these statutes was that masons recorded what they did at the meetings record right. record who they initiated into the lodge record what was happening in the lodge and recorded what they were doing and their lodges stuck with that for centuries right
2: and and also recorded the requirement that they be tested and prove themselves yeah. in the art of memory yeah, which right. at the time was a phrase that had very specific yeah. connotations yeah. going That's back right. even further
3: right.
2: uh, so it's scotland that gives us the tie to truly being an ancient fraternity yeah, right. and uh yeah. we keep minutes still um, not all. only that but i mean 15
3: 1598 1599 right. so yeah. Start, yeah. Yeah. we've got lodges that I've got a continuous minute back to those days.
0: Yeah, well yeah, there and is minutes because, from fifteen ninety nine. And that's Correct.
3: because um is that insisted. Is that mother co-winning? No, no. that's another that's for another it discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a member of Mother Co-winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in uh, the Lodge of Edinburgh i have yeah, got minute, a minute a right. minute back to fifteen ninety nine, Mother Co winnings were destroyed in a fire. Mm-hmm. But relatively recently um, they've picked up a, a fragment of a minute from oh, the really? from the, the National uh, Museum. Wow which were in, I think it was in Lord Loudon. Earl Loudon was um landowner, and he was uh, master right. of Kowannan. And in his personal records was a, a fragment of a minute, sure. which took him, took him right into um, the period. And I think it was dated about 1601, 1602. Oh, wow. So that, that minute took and proved that Kowannan was there at the same time as the as, uh, Lord of Edinburgh. And That's beautiful. one or two other ones.
0: Yeah. So brother, as, as we wrap up here,
3: what do you want brothers to know about Scotland and masonry? Well, do you want Scotland? Well, I want them to know that we're there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Scotland, eh, Scotland's got a wealth of Masonic history. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. I was talking to, to Robert earlier on about that book, mm-hmm. and um, things just pop into your head. And um, I said, you know, the guy that wrote that book, Granville and Gale, when I was Provincial Grandmaster, I asked him to come up from London and, and do a, a dinner talk for charity uh, on the Victoria Cross, a and that held the Victoria Cross. Right. And I was talking to, to Granville and I said, you know, Granville, what do you think of this book? And he said, well, I said, it's, been a, it's really been a, a labour of love, he said, but I'm really now at the end. And he says we've covered all the bases we've got them all and i said all right that's fine he says there's only one guy he said that um we're not sure about we don't know his name but he's in lanarkshire somewhere he's a victoria crossholder i can give you a list of names but we don't know what lodge he was in we don't even know if he was in the lodge i said okay lanarkshire my province what was his what are the names you've got so i went away there's about four four lodges five lodges met in that area three we just right away because they were after the they were formed after the first world war so we went right. out two lodges i went through to edinburgh and i said i wanted to see the, the record books for uh around about 1900 maybe to be 1920. started looking through the record books and lo and behold here he is in the record book because his name he joined just after the end of the first world war and his name uh, was Carmichael VC, mm. So he was confirmed a Victoria Crossholder, a member of that lodge. Okay. Grand Secretary, I asked the Grand Secretary to write a letter to confirm that, which he did. Grandville came up for the talk, did the talk on the Victoria Crossholders. And I said, that's great. I'd just like to read this letter for the Grand Secretary. And I read the letter out for the Grand Secretary saying that Carmichael was identified as a Victoria's cross holder and a member of this lodge and um, Granville just went to pieces He said this is like the Holy Grail, we'll find another <laughs> Masonic Victoria cross holder, right. he says it's, it's unheard of and he'll burn that book. That's and he won his Victoria cross, just to finish off, a very brave deed, you don't get Victoria crosses for nothing. Uh, First World War, German hand grenade came into his trench and no time to react, you know, maybe about five seconds before it exploded. So they wiped out the whole squad. He took his helmet off, put it in a hand grenade and stood on top of it. Wow. And it blew him out of the trench. How intense is but that? But he, he saved his men right about. So there you are.
0: Well, I'm afraid you have set our brother Robert up here for quite the task. Because... <laughs> Hey, man, you, you brought this book on the show. You made him bring it all the way from Scotland. Mm-hmm. So now we are expecting uh, an episode on Historical Light uh, covering this book. So get cramming, and we're we're looking forward to, to learning
3: all about it. And Brother James, I want to personally thank you so much. Hopefully the next time I'm here, I'll bring another book because my Fantastic. son, Stuart, has been writing the book for five years. Taking him five years, and it's at the printers now. Is that right? Yeah, and it's... Um, it's the history of Lodz uh, 579, Lodz and Bride 579, in the First World War. So he has identified about 90 of our members who fought in the First World War, and six six of them died. Um, and he's researched all that, researched all their family, researched all their background, right. and it's at the printers now, mm-hmm. so next time I come over, you may well get another book.
0: Looking forward to it, brother. Mm-hmm. Brother James, yeah, thank, you thank you so much. Thank you very much. much for having me on. It's thank been, you for coming. Delighted. Robert, well, you take care. To see you. Brother Robert, it's been a pleasure doing historical light in person with you. We'll have Damn. to do this again and uh, find another opportunity to bring historical light to a live venue. With that, everyone, I want to thank you so much for joining in live and uh, for can you t- continuing to support the show. Obviously, remember, you can always go to the website and support us through Patreon to keep growing and bringing you bigger and better content. Until next time, stay on the level. Thank you for everything. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you.